Welcome to Coffee and Crypto, the only show that donates scrap metal to the iron deficient. I'm Jordan Freed. I'm Matt Harrison. I'm Yale Freed. On today's episode, we're going to be covering the latest that's happening in the crypto market. At the time of recording, Bitcoin has jumped 7% in just the last 24 hours. Uh, we're looking at 18,800. We're just shy of 19,000. Uh, Bitcoin's up almost 12% in the past seven days crypto market is rallying we're seeing a lot of action in some of the altcoins as well we have a, a lot of news to cover for you we've got uh we've got the latest in the battle uh between the winkle voss twins tyler and cameron and the digital currency group led by barry silber we'll be talking about that we will also be talking about sam bankman fried's launch of his own blog or newsletter it's a Substack. i guess it's a blog and newsletter all in one. Uh, and of course, much more. Guys? Yeah, now, Jordan, would you say um, that Sam Bankman-Fried starting a blog is worse or equal to his previous crimes? I think that he should go to jail just for using Substack. That's what I think. <laughs> because it's criminal what they charge. Their fees are, are non-starters for us. You know what I'm saying? Also want to bring up that the second worst social crime after starting a blog would be, in fact, starting a podcast it would be the worst thing that Sam Bankman-Fried <laughs> could do. <It's> like, <laughs> I'm actually on a on a separate note. I am actually looking forward to Sam's uh, Sam's podcast. So uh, Sam, if you are podcasting, we're here. The three of us, we're really a package deal. We can come on your pod. You can come on our pod. You know, we mm. can our people can talk to your people. That kind of thing, right? I would say Sam Bankman-Fried has a face for radio, but a voice for a voice for subtitles. A voice for subtitles. <laughs> yeah, a voice for subtitles. Well, speaking of someone else that may also have a face, um, a face for radio, uh, let's talk about Barry Silbert. Let's mm. talk about what's going on with the digital currency group. This is getting ugly. Um, and I mean, there's some other ugly news we got to cover. Blockchain.com also announcing the layoff of 20, uh, 28% of their workforce today. But let's start. Let's start with the digital currency group. Guys, this has been one of like the mainstay companies in crypto since the very beginning for those that don't know the digital currency group owns coindesk.com one of the top crypto publications in the space they also own grayscale one of the largest asset managers in the space they have tens of billions of dollars under management uh, and one of the largest bitcoin exchange traded products it's not an etf because the government won't allow it to be an etf it's called the grayscale bitcoin trust gbtc is the ticker um it trades at a massive uh massive discount and of course they also own genesis genesis uh was is uh its fate still lingering uh a massive over-the-counter desk uh, trading desk lending desk borrowing desk you could give them your bitcoin and take out a loan against it you could uh lend them your bitcoin and earn interest on it uh, and as it turns out genesis was powering why the winklevoss twins are involved in this is the uh, Genesis trading desk was powering uh, Gemini Earn. Gemini.com was the funny. They ran uh, they ran ads all over New York and DC as like the compliant uh, crypto platform. And Gemini Earn is uh, is underwater here too. Uh, apparently, like a, a hole of one to one point six billion dollars um, that they can't make good on uh, for their own depositors. Guys, what are we what are we thinking? First, did either of you use Gemini or, or Genesis? 
I had I had money in Gemini Urn that I pulled out just a couple months ago. Honestly, I wow. I, I think I had forty bucks left in Gemini Urn that I can't get out now, but I had pulled almost everything from Gemini Urn when I was buying a bunch oh, of this NFTs. Is, this is interesting. Okay, so yeah. I actually have. Um, I wasn't actually intending to use this as a prop, but I actually. I know you can't hear me when I step away from the microphone, but oh, literally yeah. on my desk I have. Now the I had ten dollars from Gemini. I had. I had $10, guys, $10 left in Celsius. And in my hand, I don't even know if I can get in legal trouble for showing this, but I have the uh, U.S. United States uh, Bankruptcy Court uh, from the Southern District of New York. This is Celsius Network LLC. Um, uh, and this is like the proceeds. Yale, have you gotten something like this yet from Gemini? No, it's not at that stage yet. Uh, it only it, it got to that stage this week with the end. They, so they officially... The long story short here is, I mean, all of these high yield interest programs are exploding in front of us, uh, which is bleak. I mean, it, it's sad because, you know, a lot of crypto is this kind of, uh, it's not quite tangible. People don't quite understand it. It's blockchain. It's whatever else. The high yield interest programs were targeted specifically to consumers and, and retail investors, people who wanted to use these things as a stand in for a savings account and really thought it was safe. Um, if you owned a large people percentage- like you. People like me, people, you know, a lot of people who just were just kind of dipping their toes in, in crypto and thought this was a, a good idea to, to store their money here. Um, it seemed incredibly safe. It was billed as incredibly safe and incredibly profitable. Um, and of course, if it's too good to be true, it almost definitely is. In this case, um, I pulled a lot of money out of Gemini Earn a couple months ago, uh, moved it into whatever else. I think I, I liquidated a lot of it and just I was buying NFTs. I was doing whatever else. Uh, whatever's remaining in there now um, was unable to be unable to be withdrawn as of the last couple of months, uh, or I think since November 18th, I want to say. On November 18th, I did make a withdrawal request just to kind of get it in the queue, whatever it was. Um, it's still in there. It doesn't get moved. I think now that the master lending agreement between Gemini and Genesis was, I think it was canned Monday, Matt, is that right? Something like yeah, that? Yeah, it was just late last week. Yeah, so it was, it was canned this week. Um, that means the 900 million Genesis owes Gemini's due immediately. Um, and now I think now, now we're officially in the Winkle Wars as we've coined it in the newsletter. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt, what's your take on the Winkle Wars? No, it's actually, I'm really excited because you could be drafted for the Winkle Wars <laughs> as, as, as someone who has suffered under the yoke of the Gemini Urn program, but, uh, also Barry Silbert, I think fascinating that I've never seen a man who looks more British who isn't, <laughs> he looks like, he looks Is like he a not if, British. I think I just assumed he was. Oh yeah, he looks so British, but no, he's he's from somewhere in the Midwest. But you know, answering the age-old question, of what would happen if Malfoy made it with Dudley Dursley? Nice. Um, but he's he's uh yeah, my man looking like he sticks his fingers in pies and licks them clean. He's really that is a. Now, a, now Jordan, rumor has it you've met uh, Mr. Silver. Is that true? Uh, no comment on. Uh, no, I mean we can talk about this. Uh, in full disclosure, uh, the Digital Currency Group was a large investor in my previous company, Hedera Hashgraph. Um, obviously, times are turbulent in crypto, so um, uh, you know I'm, I'm, we, we're no longer involved. Uh, the Digital Currency Group is not an investor in either Immutable Holdings or this podcast or our newsletter. We'll, we'll disclose our biases when they when they do possibly come up, but- uh, However, Barry Silver is an investor in English Breakfast. He's a big, mm-hmm. big proponent of it. English Breakfast. May, may, well may, 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 may or may not be, but I, I will say, 
I always look up to Barry Stilber. I always look up to the Digital Currency Group because what they were building was immense. I mean, they had the media arm, Coindesk, which is the de facto place where a lot of people just get their news. Coindesk started at a time where Bloomberg wasn't covering crypto. There was no Bloomberg crypto. There was no Forbes crypto. There was no Fortune crypto. There was no like Reuters coverage. Crypto never made it to mainstream media. And to Barry's credit, uh, Barry actually bought Coindesk.com for half a million dollars. It was a WordPress blog and turned it into not just a massive media publication read by millions of people every single month. He turned it into a massive conference that took place in the heart of Manhattan, uh, you know, literally right off Sixth Avenue that would in peak times be attended by thousands and thousands of people. I mean, it was a zoo. Consensus was the consensus, spot. right? Yeah, consensus was the it conference to be seen at. Uh, and listen, I already looked up to it. On top of that, Grayscale was one of the first real asset managers in crypto. There was no one doing crypto asset management. And the significance of that is, you know, it wasn't always as easy as it is today in 2023 to buy Bitcoin. Barry created a suite of financial products, the Bitcoin Trust, the Ethereum Trust, the Litecoin Trust, all of these products to make it easier for people to buy and hold crypto. So listen, I'd be lying to you if I said Barry, Barry's a trailblazer. He has been a trailblazer. He has been the one building in this space. It would be as shocking to me to see the digital currency group go under as it would be for me, FTX, because uh, one, Barry's been at it for a lot longer, and I never expected this from him. But it it, it doesn't look good, guys. I mean, I, I'll tell you, as much as I looked up to it, it looks like Genesis had lent as much, uh, if not more, than some of the other companies that we've been talking to, like Three Arrows Capital and FTX, that they are as intertwined in this whole collapse of Three Arrows Capital and FTX. They're clearly affected a lot of fucking people are going to be hurt here. A lot of people who were users, Yale, like you, I mean, I know it wasn't a meaningful sum of money, but I know some people, we've talked to some people on Twitter spaces who are looking at, you know, 30 to 100,000 plus locked in Gemini Earn. Um, I don't even know if he'd want us. We have a family member who had money locked in BlockFi. I mean, these collapses of the past couple months have been affecting family members, friends, people in crypto. So this one sucks. With that said, I started this podcast, rightfully so, even with this going on, crypto's rallying. So I do think that this is baked in, even if Genesis does completely go away. I think that this news is baked in. I don't see a collapse of Genesis or the digital currency group as being something that would cause a systemic wipeout or you know another leg down. Uh, no, but do you, I mean, do you, there's, there's questions now, I think, as to the stability of of a couple pieces of this. Uh, I, I think the one that's getting away is is Gemini. I mean, the CEO of Gemini quietly quit like two weeks ago. <laughs> like Gemini seems to be in a lot of trouble here. Uh, and I don't think people are talking about it enough. What do, what, um, what, what, what do Gen Z's call that now? Is that, is that quiet quitting? Uh, uh, you're right. That There is quiet quitting. This was not... This was this was real quitting. I mean, it did, happened quietly. Did, did, he, did he or she just? I don't know if it was a he or she. Did he or she just like stop showing up to work? It just like stopped answering the phone. No, so, the biggest the biggest part of quiet quitting is that you actually stay at work. You are you technically just, yeah, still. You, on the board. you do the minimal amount of 
effort, which I've always just called working. Right. I didn't know that was actually considered leaving. We didn't know there's a name for that. The, that, the difference between Gen Z and everyone else is everyone else was just doing that, and Gen Z came up with a name for it. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> this exactly. entire movie's. I mean, literally the entire movie uh, Office Space is is. Yeah, it's quite quick. It's quite yeah, quick. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, they want to think they invented low impact labor. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, for the Gen Zers listening to this, you're not original. You're not original. We've got, we've got you beat. We've, we've just been doing it for a long time. We just call it different stuff. Guys, I, I don't want to beat the, the Barry Silbert thing dead. I'm sure we're going to be talking about this again on the podcast. You know who does week. want to beat Barry Silbert dead, though? The Winklevi. <laughs> also, uh, turns out, not from the Midwest, from Gaithersburg, Maryland. Shout out Montgomery County. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. we had a Maryland guy in the pod. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Stay tuned for the next open letter. There's been a very dramatic series of open letters penned by both sides. But the true winner of the uh, Winkle Wars is Elon Musk because all of it's taken place live on Twitter. So oh, speaking of the Winkle see. Wars, where the hell is uh where the hell's Tyler? Isn't Cameron doing all this? Cameron does all the talking. Cameron's which, doing all the know, talking here. Is Tyler it, dead? In yeah. Also, every, Tyler yeah. and Cameron, Tyler and Cameron, if you were listening to this. I would like to know uh, how much you all paid for your at Tyler and at Cameron, because when I started following you, uh, you were uh, at Tyler Winklevoss and at Cameron Winklevoss. Uh, and uh, yeah, you all got some fancy, uh, fancy Twitter handles there. Let's move on to blockchain.com. Blockchain.com, another mainstay in crypto. They've been around for a while. This is not the first time that blockchain.com has done massive layoffs. Uh, in 2021, uh, they laid, they did a massive layoff, another 25% of their workforce in 2021. But today, uh, it is being reported that 25 to 28% of the entire workforce where over a hundred employees are being let go of, uh, of blockchain, uh, from blockchain.com thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I think the first note here is, um, <laughs> Crypto really got itself in. You can call it a 2008 financial crisis situation. You can also call it like a like a World War One or World War Two domino theory here, mm -hmm. where like ev there were so many intertwined loans. Like a lot of this comes back to three eras capital. Blockchain had uh, blockchain.com had had 270 million dollars in loans out to three eras capital, which is also the reason that Genesis is defaulting on their loans. Like the problem here is everyone was so leveraged uh, upon each other, and there was such inherent trust here. And apparently, no due diligence whatsoever done by any of the VCs involved at all, which is hysterical. I'm going to start a VC, um, but mm -hmm. I think uh, I, I think the uh, crypto obviously will learn from this, and it's a shame that a thing that builds itself as being decentralized was clearly incredibly, incredibly centralized upon a couple big power players. No, I entirely agree. I think it honestly, I see a lot of parallels with like the the Marshall Plan. And the spread of uh, communism is a contagion. And I think that really there's no other recourse than to go to war with Vietnam again. <laughs> so, so, Matt, let me just make sure I heard you clearly. Uh, yes, your I'm saying back in the jungle, loud and clear. <laughs> Get me in that helicopter. Uh, you know the trick. You just lead them a little. Um, yeah, Tropic Thunder. You never go... You never quite go full crypto, right? You never, you never, never really can. That'll that'll strip you of any awards. All right, moving uh, moving on from blockchain.com, we we have to address the elephant in the room, Mister Bankman-Fried, uh, distant cousin of Yale and I. 
Uh, right, Yale? That's it's yeah. not true though. Not by blood. It's it's, it's, it's it's actually not true, and someone's definitely going to clip that. Which yeah, I almost kind of hope that they do because it's it's unbelievable how many people. I, there's YouTube comments as recent as yesterday on another channel. I did an interview with this like H bar guy, uh, Max Walker Williams, and someone had commented, "Wait a minute, isn't he related to Sam?" And I don't know that we'll ever live that down, Yale. It's just a function mm-hmm. of having this uh, last name. Uh, but our namesake. Our 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 uh, whatever you call him is up uh, is blogging. Mm. Uh, I'm on I'm on the site right now. I don't even want to promote it, so uh, go find it on your own. We don't, we're not gonna we're not gonna link to this. Uh, is, is it I on feel, Substack? Though? It is on Substack. Sam has published. I mean, his lawyers must be having a field day with this, but Sam published a massive uh, what he calls FTX pre-mortem normally it's called a post-mortem uh pre-mortem overview now uh it is a post-mortem because ftx is done sam i Mm -hmm. wonder if this guy's so delusional that he thinks he's actually going to return and save the company but this guy is at home awaiting a trial uh that is likely to take place in september or october of next year living in his parents four million dollar california-based home apparently ordering vegan burgers on uber eats to the house as I've seen it reported, playing video games, and now, wait for it, writing a substack. Writing a substack. I wonder if when he is finally put in prison, because there's no doubt that this guy is going to prison. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when and for how long. But I wonder if he'll actually continue to publish substack articles via Mommy and Daddy by uh, snail mail, where he'll pen a letter and they'll you know, have it typed up and, and sent oh, it out. But the prison he's going to is going to have computers. Are you kidding me? Yeah, the prison exactly. he's going to is going to have computers. And they're going to have tablets. Yeah, they're going to have yeah, tablets. Exactly. Yeah. In the room. Do what American those, prisons yeah. have computers? I know they've got computers in like I Norway. I, and I think Iceland. the bougie white collar ones that's, that Sam's going to probably do, right? Yeah, yeah. almost certainly. I mean, you I think it's any... computer time after he's done playing tennis and badminton, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah. In between the yeah. lessons. I can't, right. I can't see him running. I can't see him playing tennis. Or well, he's not going to be very good at it. Actually, it'll, that's... It'll, be, it'll be pickleball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to move as much. You're right, pickleball. It's, it's, yeah, it's tennis, but you or stand on the table. Ping pong, Prison is so. going to be the best thing that ever happened to Sam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He'll get a haircut <laughs> when they de-louse him. Right, right, yeah. Um, I just yeah. don't understand. Like, did he run out of video games? Why would you... There's no end. You can't run out of video yeah. games. I was actually, as we were chirping the way he's like planning his pre-trial lifestyle, I'm like, I would do things totally different. I'd be at my parents' house playing video games, ordering normal cheeseburgers on their brains. <laughs> I, was, I was like, that's exactly what I'd be doing. Yeah. Matt, Matt's like, all that sounds right except for the vegan stuff. I don't understand the vegan yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, Legal Legends not for me either, but more power to him. And also uh, AOC, famous League Legends player. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's like her main thing. She's come out of saying that. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That'll be on the Twitch, which we'll be releasing sometime next spring. Right, right. Yeah, yeah our Twitch. Um, <laughs> I mean, so basically he, he walks through his over-leveraging, he, as he, he calls it. He walks through. I mean, listen, I'm just going to – I'm scanning through it right now, and I, you know, I'll just read I'll just read this this last bit. It's – it, 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 this will give you, I think, a little bit of a, you know, some insight into what he's thinking. But he literally says, if FTX had been given a few weeks to raise the necessary liquidity, I believe it would have been able to make customers substantially whole. I didn't realize at the time that Sullivan and Cromwell, via pressure uh, to instate Mr. Ray and file Chapter 11, including for solving companies like FTX US, would potentially quash those efforts. I still think that if FTX International were to reboot today, there would be a real possibility of making customers substantially whole. 
And even without that, there are significant assets available to uh, available for customers. Uh, this is uh, this is ridiculous. Uh, this claim that if they were to reboot FTX International today, that Sam would be able to raise money. Who on this earth is going to give this guy any money when he has proven to be perhaps the worst fiduciary? of finances ever. Matt, did that intimidate you when I said the word fiduciary? Fiduciary, yeah. I, know. I was like, oh, that's I a saw him word. throw up in his mouth. <laughs> fiduciary of finances. <laughs> um, no, because I was just thinking, I mean, like, he's not wrong that there are significant assets available for customers because we've seen this with like the bankruptcy rec recovery team can get, you know, they're right now about 5 million of the missing, uh, sorry, billion. Yeah of the missing 8 billion. But even, even they're saying they're like, you know, if we are actually gonna continue to siphon this money out and get it back to our customers and investors, we're just gonna further destabilize crypto. FTX was one of those arrows with the side barbs where it's like, if we rip it out, you're losing that arm. So then you just kind of chop off the feather end and the other wooden end and you live the rest of your life with some arrow in your bicep. Yeah, that's what FTX is. So yeah. we live the rest of our lives with FTX with arrows in our bodies, and we move on, and Bitcoin survives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's I, the wild west out there. So obviously, this is um, this is useless from a lot of perspectives. I mean, he's he said all of this in Twitter threads before. He's he's said this in interviews before. Um, I, I'm going to assume if he's posting this at this point, he's under so much surveillance. He's he's being he's being talked to by uh, a a team of pretty intense lawyers. What is the um, what's the strategy here? Why why do this, Jordan? Uh, I, I think there's that delusion. I think it's the same reason he went to the New York Times Deal Book event and did that interview. Um, uh, did that interview in front of everybody. Uh, I think it's the same reason why he's uh, continues to tweet and tweeted out that one letter, frustratingly, almost like every eight hours. Uh, mm -hmm. Like what happened. Uh, this guy is one, an attention whore, and two, is desperate to control the narrative. Being in his position, having watched guys like Pharma Bro, Martin Shkreli, mm -hmm. and Elizabeth Holmes go to prison, uh, he knows his fate. He knows he's going to jail. What he is trying to do right now, I believe, is he knows that a jury is going to be selected for this trial, right? Uh, all all accused in this country, uh, you know, innocent until proven guilty. He knows he's going to have a trial by jury. If he can sway public opinion because someone on the jury read his substack or subscribed to his substack, or that the ideas that he puts out in this substack somehow permeate into the mainstream and get reported and it's soft coverage and he ends up looking like someone who's got all this unfair hate, if he can do that by spend his entire sweaty summer in California in his parents' $4 million home doing this, maybe, just maybe, it's not going to be 30 years, but it might be 12 or 15 or mm -hmm. something like that. I think Elizabeth Holmes, at the end of the day, she was facing some egregious amount of time. and Didn't she get like nine or 11 years? I, it should probably get out for good behavior after like seven or eight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was – I thought, I thought she, hers was closer to 30, no? All of the producers. Look no, good. no, she didn't get. She didn't get thirty. Maybe she was facing thirty total. But, uh, but uh, listen, they, they've got this ways. They, they've 11. got this guy 11. in. They've got this guy in like ten different ways, right? They got him on uh, election, uh, election fraud, uh, or or financing um, election contribution fraud uh, for political donations. They've got him on securities fraud. 
they've got him. You've got like three different agencies that are pursuing him. You've got the SEC. Right, the but C- the only thing he needs to prove on his side, remember, because the I think the only difference between fraud and uh, and a fuck up is intent. Technically, mm-hmm. that is that is that is the letter of the law, right? It's about intent. Uh, I, I think the thing he's doing here, which could prove clever. Uh, it, it, there's this chart he includes here that basically walks through um, the state of multiple different uh, financial uh, pieces uh, in October of 2022, right? He's got Tesla, Bitcoin, Solana, and FTT, which is what he's using to leverage to claim he's got all this money, right? He's yeah. saying in October of 22, uh, FTT has moved uh, down 50% from, I think he's using this as uh, on the year, right? Down 50%. He's saying Tesla had moved down uh, 39%, Bitcoin down 72%, Solana down 83%. So he's trying to make the argument that what he was doing was within the realm of a logical business move. So he's claiming, in theory, that what he did was logical and therefore can't be considered fraud because it's a business move somebody else might have made. I think that's going to be the entire defense, right? That he basically just made a mistake by leveraging. And he's now using... The problem is, I think, when people are concerned about whether or not he goes to jail, the problem is, like, the things he cites is other places that fucked up are Celsius and Voyager and BlockFi and Genesis and Gemini. They're, the whole yeah, industry is collapsing. That, 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 that's, just, that's just not a good enough defense. I mean, these guys, were using, these guys were using QuickBooks to manage billions of dollars, t- taking on billions of dollars and then inappropriately allocating it, including – buying homes in your parents' names. And uh, th- there's going to be a- enough ways to improve uh, or-, or to well, prove I... intent. By the way, some of these loans, and they did just seize this week, they seized uh, the $500 million in Robinhood stock, which we were talking about previously, right. guys. The $500 million in Robinhood stock. And for listeners, what I'm referring to is at one point, Sam Bankman-Fried took out massive loans from uh, FTX and Alameda, uh, we now know that a lot of that was using user funds and took out these massive loans to do a couple things. One was to personally buy out uh, Binance, uh, seizing in Binance from the cap table. And the other was to make massive political donations. And the third was to buy a personal stake in Robinhood, the stock trading app that's really popular in the United States. He owns, or at least did own, it's now seized by the feds, over 7% of Robinhood which is crazy because that's a $5 billion company, five, six billion US dollar company by market cap. This is now seized. Sam can no longer sell this out. That was a huge percentage of his net worth. So um, I wonder if this really does put him in a bind. Um, but uh, yeah, listen, that's 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 now seized. So I don't want to have Sam dominate every single one of these podcasts. Uh, it was great to see Sam do the perp walk. We covered yeah. that in yeah. SPF's perp, perp walk. Go check out coffeeandcrypto.com. Uh, to, uh, but I, to to go past but articles, I, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, while we're on him, though, I do think the narrative change that's that he's working on, and I do think it's working, is when this first started, the first couple days after it happened, a lot of the words on all of our, our lips were like, "This is this is crypto Madoff. This is awful. This is this is ruining lives." This, you know that that kind of thing. Um, I do think the more we learn, the less it feels like Madoff. The more we learn, the less it feels like this is a person who went out to like intentionally fuck over a lot of lives. It does, the more we learn, feel like, oh, this might be the worst 
dumbest business person of all time. I really like. If I was on Sam's defense team, that's what I'd be focusing. on. I think the, that's the what they're going to. Question of of intent versus idiot. I, I think if I if I was called to court myself, I would immediately tell my lawyer I once used fabric softener for about ten months, thinking it was uh, you know actual soap, actual detergent. I actually remember that, that day. Yeah, yeah, we complained to the landlord saying that the laundry machine was broken, and he got a new new laundry machine before he realized we'd been buying fabric softener. For the better part of guys, a year. guys, I gotta, yeah. I gotta disagree with you. I gotta disagree with you both, and that's ridiculous. Fabric softener, and apologies to everyone that had to smell you during that time. Yeah, <laughs> it was, the, I was, why are the, my t-shirts all black? And so is the, white. The key, the key with Madoff was a moment, a moment where he decided that he was so much of a people pleaser. It was like a key moment in his psyche that he was so desperate to become a success because his father was this like, you know, perpetual business failure that he was so desperate to become successful that he covered up a massive loss. He, you know, he had raised all this money from his father-in-law's uh, contacts, lost it, but yeah, borrowed a bunch of money from his father-in-law. 40 father years before yeah, the yeah, 60 billion. Exactly, no, exactly. 40 and years he, ago he did that. No, it's a classic uh, George here's W. My point. Here's my point. Let me make the point. Here's the point. The point is, that Sam, not 40 years ago, but likely 18 months ago or two years ago, already knew, and all they have to prove is he already knew the budget deficits and the state of the balance sheets of both Alameda and FTX, yet he continued to get on TV and interviews, continued to go speak in front of Congress, and then went out there and trolled the entire world by raising $420 million 420, 420, Blaze it, sick. doing it up to weed culture, DJ trying season. to be cool, raise $420 million, okay, while likely, and this is October of 2021, while likely lying to the uh, Ontario Teachers Pension Fund, the teachers of Ontario, Canada. My point is, I think my point is Madoff did this for 40 years and in, and in turn and never had any intention of investing a dollar. I think the, the time the, that he did it doesn't matter because the difference between Madoff and here is Madoff was only raising money through private placement transactions from accredited investors. And you could argue that those people could afford to lose the money. Sam Bankman Fried is worse than Madoff. And let me tell you why Sam Bankman Fried is worse than Madoff. Sam Bankman Fried is worse than Madoff because users like you and me that aren't accredited, that may have put our entire life savings, put that money into FTX and are experiencing potentially total loss or maybe get back 50 cents on the dollar. Now, you and I are not personally affected. I'm not personally affected. If you're listening to this, many of my friends are. Some of my friends have lost millions of dollars in this whole FTX crash, and we're actually using it as savings accounts. But my point is, Yale and Matt, that these guys were not accredited. Madoff was raising money from millionaires and billionaires and you pension have funds, to be, as you said. There, there is no, first of all, accredited investor is a bullshit term. Nobody checks. <laughs> Nobody checks. There's no one at the IRS going like, yep, good. Yep, good. A credit investor is a bullshit term that is that is used only to scare people off from investing in things. Madoff's, Madoff's investment firm was unaccredited, unaccredited, and therefore nobody was checking even doubly so. Madoff was running fraudulent trades for 40 years. <laughs> Every single day he had a team of people yeah. filing fake. I just mean the intent there is different. Yeah, intended I, I, the the for, for first point, a credit investor is not a bullshit term because these funds get audited at a very high rate. Madoff firm Mr. doesn't get audited because it didn't exist on paper. He had a secret firm that nobody could find and kept telling people you can't tell anybody you invest here.
The difference Listen, is president, right, pr- pr- president. Let's go, Brandon. If he does get his eighty thousand new IRS reps, you better believe that there's going to be a lot more checks on these uh, accredited well, investor stuff. And, and by I the way, funds, funds. If you do have a fund, or if you did have a company that issued a private placement Reg D, we did a private placement Reg D at Hedera. If you do get caught having unaccredited investors there, the penalties are massive. It's criminal right. to take money from not a, not accredited uh, investors. I think the the what what will become. And what is the best comparison between uh, Madoff and, and Bankman-Fried is uh, the relationship with the SEC and the SEC being toothless throughout both of those situations, right? Mm-hmm. The SEC would call up Madoff regularly and be mm-hmm. like, hey, we're here and you got a fund. And he'd be like, don't have one. And they'd be like, okay. You know, like that that's kind of the situation a little bit with, with Bankman, with, with, with SBF, it seems we're like friends with Gensler. He's making pretty big political donations everybody seems to leave him alone all the while he's on tv talking about how great his company's doing i think that's where if there's anything to poke at it's the sec is clearly toothless and can't do shit um which is a a problem if you believe it should do shit and if you don't believe it should then great um and, and i think the other situation here that is uh concerning from a a legal standpoint is if SBF goes to jail for going on TV pretending his company's doing well. It's an interesting precedent to set that as CEOs can't go out and put on a happy face. No, I mean Jordan, you're a CEO of a publicly traded company. How are things really? How are the books? Yeah, like doesn't that doesn't that cause anxiety if all of a sudden going on TV and acting like your company's doing well and you want it to do better? Every single CEO does that, right? Isn't that mm-hmm. literally the job of a CEO? Mm-hmm. Is to well, who's, who's, who, who, who are you referring to as CEO of a publicly traded company? I mean, Sam wasn't. Uh, FTX was not publicly traded. Not publicly mm-hmm. traded, but public, but investor facing, right? Let's call it investor facing instead of publicly traded, right? Investor facing. I, I think I think he got I think he got on television and then did his international road trip to raise money while lying. I think it's clear that he lied to. And by the way, I've spoken to some of these investors. Some of them can prove that he was lying, that he said things were a certain way and weren't. If he is caught doing that and they do actually have proof, and the proof is easy, you can see the decks that were sent. If there are material misrepresentations in those decks, it's securities fraud. He's going to be sued for securities fraud. Securities fraud is, uh, I I think they got Elizabeth Holmes on that. Listen, uh, we should also disclose neither of us, none of us on this call are, uh, are attorneys. Uh, we right, are so uh, simply advice. interested crypto parties. Some would argue degens, and I want to move the topic on because we could talk about Sam Bankman-Fried either. Matt, you have coined you have coined something in uh, in a no, recent coffee and crypto newsletter. Degen is popular, of course, in crypto, but what is degen season? That's a really exciting development. I think in the life cycle of uh, the current crypto market is that this. Again, DGEN, you use a nomenclature we're familiar with in the space, Discord, Twitter, what have you. But uh, with the recent uh, feet picks, WTF, that came out last week. Um, so these are sort of like digitized NFT feet picks. Uh, I, I started to wonder, are these explicitly sexual feet picks? Are these for feet enthusiasts? Not my thing. Not here to yuck anybody's yum. But that... Um, the main ones they like feature on Decrypt or again, like in all the news stories about this are, are just women's feet in little ankle handcuffs. One very confusing one in which she has her feet 
up in heels above the bathtub faucet but has her underwear around her lower calves suggesting that she's either taking a bath with underwear on or you know shitting or pissing in an empty bathtub regardless it's been a really interesting showing from feedpicks.wtf i mean those first three days of trading i think did about 865 thou and uh yeah we're back up back up so so you're saying it could be I, i've missed this uh, I used yeah. to be able to keep track of everything that happens in crypto, but there's actually just way too much. So uh, I keep track of all the weirdest, sickest and, shit. And I read this. I, I read this. This was the top espresso shot in uh, yesterday's mm -hmm. edition mm -hmm. of Coffee and Crypto, CoffeeandCrypto.com. Feet Picks did about 640 e for mm -hmm. 855,000 in three days. So there's almost a yep. million U.S. dollars worth. And by the way. That 640 ETH is worth a lot more today because ETH is mm -hmm. also we're, up considerably. We're also up to a thousand. It's now at a thousand ETH uh, since yesterday. It's now so okay. ETH. So feed picks. So this is a NFT collection that is. Is it sexual? It's like sexual it, pictures it, the, of feet. Um, the... Yeah, the description here I'm reading now is pixel feed picks you never <laughs> thought you needed. Satisfy your deepest and darkest fantasies. Don't be shy. Our feet will be taking you along our journey, so strap in. I want to say I'm disgusted, personally. <laughs> I, would, I would think it's notable that at no point is sexual said in any of that copy. Just deep as dark as fantasies and satisfied. Which being so, a so how, how do unicorn... pixelated feet? How do pixelated feet satisfy sexual fantasies? My first question. But what do you mean by DGen? Um, your, your comment in this newsletter, Matt, is that mm -hmm. feet picks have brought out DGen season. And one, what is DGen season if you had to define it for us in one sentence? And two, does DGen season get us out of the bear market and back into the bull market? Absolutely. DGen season is a bright spark of optimism in the bleak tundra of crypto winter. I mean, it's like, it's, it's if we're going to raise up these, you know, innovating, destabilizing, weird ass, horny NFTs, I think this space can become something to be proud of again. Something that like people are ashamed of at Thanksgiving dinner when your grandmother's asking, what does the Brazzers letterhead mean on that black polo you're wearing? And it's like, it's a point of pride, it's a point of weirdness, and uh, frankly, something to be celebrated. That's how I see it. That's what DGen season means to me as we go around the table. Uh, you heard it, you heard race. it here. That's what, let's see if DGen season becomes a thing if you're listening mm -hmm. to this and you're not yet subscribed, uh, I do want to also. Sorry, go ahead, Jordan. Uh, we've got we've got nothing to sell you. We just want you to go subscribe to CoffeeandCrypto.com. Thanks for listening, and just remember wherever you're listening to this, if you could like or subscribe to the podcast or leave a comment, it'd be very much appreciated. Go ahead, Yale. Yeah, I was just gonna say uh, to to say these are not sexual natures is is silly. There's there's they're so horny. They're so horny. They're, they're, they're so. Yell's got them up on the computer right now. Some of these are in front of a fireplace. One of them is smoking a cigarette. One of them is on a scale that says sixty nine. These are. I think it's interesting because does that mean that woman is you know well below healthy BMI and weighs sixty nine yeah. pounds or is or that six hundred kilos maybe kilos yeah how, how many stones I must that? I I must have the wrong collection what is the collections um is some what do you drop me the link yeah it's yeah picks uh, with yeah, an X. yeah I'll send it to you now. Yeah. I'm like scared to go to this website and I am yeah. an early investor <laughs> Matt actually started this collection yeah, exactly. Uh, Where Matt, the is Are you pumping your own collection? Holy cow, over a thousand ETH in volume. Mm -hmm. The floor price is 0.12 ETH. Mm -hmm. Jordan's I mean, about to buy 10. I've, 
I've I've got to say, just like I don't fancy myself to be like a good judge of feet, but like these aren't very pretty feet. It's based on the arches and the length of the toes, as well as if that there's a center joint in each toe, yeah, which some, I think is desirable based on the prominence. Some of these like, are straight up gross feet. Yeah. Oh, I disagree. Yeah, some of these are some of these are pretty gross, like fungi. They're beautiful. Feet. They're like snowflakes. No two feet are exactly alike. I'm like, I don't claim to be a foot guy, but I, I know enough. <laughs> this guy knows enough. You know enough to talk yeah. intelligently about it. Hey, yeah. guys, if feet are your thing, uh, <laughs> subscribe not to the advice. podcast. Go check out Feet Picks WTF is the official name of the collection. Uh, I think episode one of the show has shown a, a really good cadence for what this thing will be like. And that yeah, uh, it will always be disgusting in some small way. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, a little bit informative and uh, a little bit of nonsense. I thought, yeah, I thought we really kind of hit the tone here. Can I can I read the last sip of the uh, of yesterday's newsletter out loud here? Would that yeah, be please, appropriate? Please. Yeah, absolutely. I don't right. sure remember so, if it was appropriate. So, so this is the – it's really not, especially the last one. But the last sip is – uh hey thanks for reading the newsletter is, is is really what the last sip is supposed to be about and some other commentary but this one goes here are three deepest grievances that the winklevoss twins <laughs> haven't been able to air in the public space if you guys were the inventors of facebook you'd have invented facebook unclear if the sick burn from the social network was ever actually uttered in court but we're still sure the twins are still reeling the next one is the oars for the facebook harvard crew team were too short and not wide enough Harvard's mm-hmm. inferior paddle craftsmanship totally disrupted their collegiate form. And finally, their mother's uterus was too crowded. Stay caffeinated, coffee and crypto team. That sums it up, yep. Stay caffeinated. I, I, I enjoyed that. If you're looking for crypto news, espresso shots, and uh, humor like this, uh, the espresso shots from yesterday uh, were the feet pick story. FTX has recovered $5 billion. And, of course, the Game of Thrones NFTs are being mocked all over crypto Twitter. If you're looking for humor and crypto news, make sure you subscribe, not just to this newsletter uh, uh, or this podcast, I should say, but also to the newsletter at coffeeandcrypto.com. Guys, should we give a a, a verbal final sip? Any final thoughts, Yale, Matt? On this one? Yeah, I mean, I I would say, um, look, we're going to figure out how to do this. Um, We're going to get better at these, but this was fun to to do. We spend our whole days uh, immersed in crypto news. Um, and we're talking about it with each other anyway, so it just made sense to uh, throw some microphones on it and uh, monetize it because we're sellouts. I would say I want this to be a warm, comfortable pool for new users, listeners to uh, dip their toes in and also invest in toes. And their whole feet. Their whole feet, <laughs> their too. Whole feet, yeah. Exactly. Their warm, toes wet feet. in it and invest in feet. I like in that. In our rough, callous hands. And uh, I have nothing else to add other than this is our first podcast. Uh, leave us your feedback on where we could improve and what you'd like to see differently. I have notes. Like. Honestly, give it a like or a dislike. We'll take the dislike as well. Uh, we'll take the follow. Uh, but more importantly, we'd really appreciate your feedback. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Jordan Freed, my co-host, Gail Freed. Yeah, we're related. Uh, and Matt Harrison, definitely no relation. <laughs> we're British. <laughs> An honor. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, thank, thanks, thanks for listening, guys. Up.